everybody, Pastor Chris here. Thanks for listening to our Market Street Podcast. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope today's message helps you in your walk with Jesus. For more ways to connect, visit us at marketstreetchurch.org. All right, so today we are talking about a way in a manger, a way in a manger. And so we want to just say that there is a way, there is a way in that manger for all of us to experience amazing thing. So before we do that, um, I want to share with you, I was uh, invited to come earlier this, this year, uh, they have it early in December, to pray uh, at the Walled Lake, City of Walled Lake tree lighting. And I am always just floored, blown away, excited anytime they email me and ask if I'm willing to do that. And so um, I, I, I always am excited, I always say yes, and I always try to move things around my schedule to make sure that I can be there. So that particular night, it was time for me to start heading that way, and I had a little bit of time, so I decided I'm going to hop on my bike, and uh, where the tree lighting is and where my house is, not that far away, a couple miles, so I decided, yeah, I'm going to just hop on my bike and, and uh, enjoy the time, and I just was just thanking God while I was riding my bike, just thanking God for the opportunity, uh, for the privilege it is to go and to be a part of an, a community event, and to lift up the name of Jesus. I mean, I was just so grateful for that. I just was... As I was heading there, there's a you know basically it's just a clear path uh, right where I where I needed to be where they had the tree lighting at. It was basically sidewalk the whole way, you know, and then you you sort of just cross over Pontiac Trail and then you hop on uh, this the airline trail where I love to either ride my bike or go for a jog. And so I'm heading down the airline trail, and once I get to you know where it was over the tree lighting where you know where they had it, um, there was this bridge that just opened up, and so. Uh, they, it took a little bit of time for this bridge to open up, and kind of I kind of wondered when it would happen. And and so a few weeks prior to that, they you know they opened it up, and so I rode my bike over the bridge. And once I it was again, it was kind of dark out. It was like you know around seven o'clock, you know at that time. And so I ride my bike over the bridge, and um, and I hit some soft gravel, uh, you know, in the ground, and I sort of stumbled off my bike and landed on the ground, and then I kind of looked around to see who saw me, who was laughing at me, and, and nobody did, so I sort of, you know, picked myself up, and, you know, I thought about even getting back on my bike, but I decided, nah, I'm just going to walk it from here, and so I'm walking my bike, and I'm going by where the tree is, where they're going to light up that night, and, and also they had this beautiful, you know, full-size, uh, you know, nativity, and um, I'm walking my bike by, and there's this, you know, kids kind of hanging around, and, and playing in the, you know, in nativity where the nativity was, and I just heard a little boy say, mom, is this Jesus? And he sort of points down at the baby in the manger, you know, in the nativity scene, and, and she says, yes, yeah, that's Jesus. Um, let's go, honey. Let's go see Santa. And I was like, uh, you know, I'm like, ah, oh. I'm like, I just wish, I just wish that, you know, God would just give me an opportunity to be able to say, like, how amazing, how much better Jesus is than Santa, and and what Jesus has done for us in, in this world, and, and, and that that thrill and excitement that they had for going to see Santa would be the kind of thrill and excitement that we should all have, knowing what Jesus has done for us. And so I get up, and they introduce me, and kind of a funny thing, a side note of this, is they introduce me as Dr. Pastor Doak. I was introduced as Dr. Pastor Doak, and I'm like, and I kind of get up to the mic, and I say, I, I'm no doctor, you know, even though I went to school for eight years, I did not earn my doctorate degree, 
in theology or anything of that ma- nature. I'm not that important, but anyways, p- p- people chuckled. But um, I just prayed, and I just prayed that God would just reveal himself to every single person that was there out there that night uh, for the tree lighting. I, I shared how, you know, the tree is a picture of, of pointing up to God, pointing up to heaven, and that he's, Jesus, through Jesus, is the way to the Father in heaven. And so uh, I, there was no walking away rejoicing after that night. It was just a, an opportunity that God allowed me to have to be able to share this good news of this great joy that is for all the people, all the people. And so here when we talk about the way, there's a psalm that David wrote. And it's Psalm 1611. He says, you will make known to me the way of life. And this is the way that we're talking about. It is the way to life, not to death. He says that in your presence, in your presence is the fullness of joy. And nowhere else, David says, nowhere else in this world can you find fullness of joy. You only find it in the presence of God. He says, and in your right hand, there are pleasures forever. Not pleasures in the moment or not pleasures in this temporary life, not pleasures, you know, based on what our pursuits are. But he says, you, in God, only in your right hand are pleasures forever. Pleasures forever. It reminds me of um, when God showed up that night through his angels and he went to a group of guys, a bunch of shepherds, right, tending their, their sheep, their flocks uh, at night. And, and he shows up, and he shows up to these guys who were, they were considered to be, you know, sort of the outcast of that culture and that society. They were so low, low, low on the social status. They didn't have a lot of relationships only within just their little community of, of being a shepherd and tending to sheep, especially to those that were working at night those were considered to even be like different, even more of an outcast than the ones that worked throughout the day. And so here's just what, who God is, right? God shows up, shows up to these guys that were considered to be outcasts, considered to be sinners. They were so unclean. They were considered to be unclean to where they couldn't even go and worship in the synagogue or in the, in the temple. They were, they were not allowed in there. Their, their testimony, they couldn't even give a testimony. They were, they were considered not even credible at, at all when it came to even sharing or giving testimony uh, of, of something. And so here's God, just like God, right, shows up, and he shows up to these guys exactly why he showed up. He showed up to guys like them and guys like me and, and people like us who are sinners. And he tells them, just as he tells us, right, he tells them, hey, listen, there's a way of life. And in his presence, there's the fullness of joy. And in his right hand are pleasures forever. And the story goes like this in Luke 2. He says, and so the angel said to them, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news. The good news is is that there's a path that leads, there's a way that leads to life, abundant life, life and pleasures forever. And of great joy, David called it the fullness of joy and the angel said to the shepherds, of great joy, which would be for all people. And the shepherds could have been like us, like the outcasts, the sinners, the nobody holds us, gives us any credibility. And, you know, we're just kind of doing our own thing, you know, minding our own business. And, and, and God's going, yes, for all people, all people, you, there's good news. There's a path. There's a way of life. There's great joy. There's peace. There's peace on earth. And goodwill towards men, like 
This is for all the people. And then it says this in verse 11. For today in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior. Because that's our greatest need. That's what all of us need more than anything. More than we need gifts under a tree. More than we need money in our bank account. More than we even need a job. We need a Savior. And he's Christ, the Lord. And he tells them this, verse 12. Tells these shepherds this. And this will be a sign for you. Just like any time I know for me, if I'm going down a path, or I've got to get to a certain place, or I'm going a certain way, I need to be able to see the signs to help me know where I'm going, to help me know that I am on the right path, that I'm going the right way. And I need to be able to see that sign. And so did those shepherds that night. They needed to be able to see a sign to make sure that they were heading and moving on the right path, the path that led to the fullness of joy, the path that told them this is good news, the path that told them that Jesus is the Savior of the world. They needed a sign, and the sign for them was, you will find a baby, you will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. That was the sign. That was the sign. That was what he, this is what you look for. You head to Bethlehem, you find a, you know, cave, you'll see a baby, the baby will be wrapped in clothes, and that baby will be lying in a food trough. It would be lying in a place where animals drink from and eat from. That will be a sign. Pretty clear. Why? Because God makes his signs pretty clear. Because he just wants all of us, all of us to be on the right path. The path of life, the way of life, the fullness of joy, peace on earth. That's the kind of path that God wants to be on. And his signs are always clear for you and for me. I talked about the Essenes, and the Essenes had another staple verse. I, I mentioned Isaiah 40. Isaiah 40 was, you know, the grass withers, talking about people. The flowers fade, talking about people, talking about culture, talking about empires. Flowers fade, grass withers, but the word of God remains forever, and the Essenes made it their job to make sure that the word of God was preserved and that we have it today. Well, they had another staple verse. And another verse that they will always live by was this. Because their motto was, know the path, know the path, and walk the path. Know the truth, walk the truth. Know where life is and walk out that life. And so here's one of their verses in Jeremiah 6.16. This is what the Lord says. Stand by the ways and see and ask for the ancient path. Where the good way is and walk in it, then you will find a resting place for your souls. This was like, hey, know the path, walk the path, like ancient, find that ancient path, know that that path is a good way, and then walk in it. And when you do that, here's what they believed, and I hope you believe the same. When you do that, you will find rest for your soul. You will find rest for your soul. And that your soul in unrest can only find rest when you walk on the path that God has. The ways, the ways that God has for all of us. But then look what the verse says next. 
But they said, we will not walk in it. Because that's how we are. That's sometimes our, our nature. It's our sin nature. It's the, we know the truth. We know the way. We know where life is. But oftentimes we choose to do our thing. We think, well, no, I know you say, God, this path or this way, but I'm going to go and do my own thing. And I'm going to go and do my own, go my own way and live what I think is best for me and my family. And that's oftentimes, that's been the history of humanity, really. God has presented a clear sign. God gives a clear way. And we sometimes choose to go another way. C.S. Lewis says this. He says, Jesus is what the Father has to say. So you don't have to look any further to see what God has and what God is doing. You don't have to look any further than Jesus is what C.S. Lewis is saying. And so Jesus is telling the story. And he tells the story, and Luke records it, only Luke. And it's found in Luke 15. And Jesus is saying, listen, if you want to know the Father, you just need to look at me. If you want to know the Father, you need to know me. You want to know what the Father says? You listen to what I have to say. And so Jesus begins to tell this story of a boy who came to his dad one day and says, Dad, I want to just... I want to take my inheritance. I want to take what I think belongs to me in your estate. And I want to just go and do my own thing. I want, to, I want to cut my own path. I want to live my own life. I want to try to establish myself, you know, outside of, you know, y- your home and outside of your care, you know, and outside of what you provide. I just want to do my own thing. And it says this in, in verse 13. Jesus is telling the story, remember. He's saying, and not many days later, the younger son gathered everything together and went on a journey to a distant country and there he squandered his estate in wild living you see that's what we always think we always think man i'm just gonna go and get a you know sow my roots i'm gonna do go off and do my own thing and live my own way and and you know live life how i think is what i think is best and i'm gonna live it up and i'm gonna enjoy it i'm gonna get the life to the fullest but then oftentimes what happens is is that we squander that you see For the boy, he thought that the path of life was the distant country, but his dissatisfied or or his or his dissatisfied heart leads to a disappointing life, right? His dissatisfied heart leads to a disappointing life. And that's what happens. It says that he lived it up, did what he wanted to do, and then he got to a point where it says this in verse 16. And he and he longed to have his fill of the uh, carob pods that the pigs were eating, and no one was giving him anything. I mean, he he lost all everything. He gave, he squandered it all. You know, he he now the debt was was due, and he's now he has to get a job, and he gets a job. You know, working to feed pigs, and he became so hungry that he was even wanting to eat what the pigs were eating, but he couldn't even have that. You see, in this life, you'll find no source of joy, no source of fulfillment. It's only found in the path of life. And then it says this in verse 17, when he came to his senses, I love that, when he came to his senses, when he realized this is ridiculous, what am I doing? He says, and Jesus is telling the story, he says, how many of my 
father's hired hand. And remember, Jesus is trying to explain to people who, his, who the father is, how God, what God is like. He says, how many of my father's hired laborers have more than enough bread, but I am dying here from hunger. He's like, even, even my father's hired laborers are, are treated better than what I'm experiencing right now, just wanting and desiring to just eat what the pigs are eating. And so he gets the speech together. He says, here's what I'm going to do. I need to repent. And he comes to, with his speech, and he says, I, I, I've sinned against heaven, and I'm going to tell my father, and I sinned against you, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Just, just let me be a servant. Let me be a laborer. Just let me be like your hired labor in your home, because that's better than just even just living out here in this distant country after I squandered everything in my wild living. It's just better just to be a servant. And he goes to his father, and he, and he shows up, and he arrives. And it says this in verse 20. So Jesus is telling the story, and he says he set out, and he came to his father, but when he was still a long way off, I love that. Jesus saying, listen, even when he was way, way, way off, way, way out of the will, way off the path, way off the way, you know, he's like, his father saw him and felt compassion for him and ran and embraced him and kissed him. I mean, by the way, this never happens. This never happens. Jesus is telling the story, and they're thinking, yeah, the father ran, and he was going to give his son the beating of his life. But then Jesus said he saw him, and he felt compassion for him, and he ran, and he embraced him, and he kissed him. And no father in that culture would ever be caught dead doing that after what his son did to him. And he does, doesn't even end there. Jesus continues to tell the story that he calls his hired laborers to come, and he says they he put his ring on his finger. His father put his ring on his finger to say that this is not a servant. This is my son. And he put his, his own robe over his son, which shows a picture of the righteousness of God that is put on us. Even in our filthiness, God covers us with his righteousness. And it says that he created a made a celebration they invited everybody in the in the town to come and to celebrate and to rejoice and here's what he says when it, while they're having the celebration that the son who lost his way has now found his back way into the plan and the will of God and here's what he said about it he says in the time of rejoicing he says for this son of mine was dead and has come to life again he was lost and has been found, and they began to celebrate. And Jesus said in his prior to the story, he said this. He said, just like that, when there was a celebration, and he was celebrating the fact that he was dead, now alive, and lost, and now he was found. And Jesus said this in Luke 15, 10. He says, in the same way, in the same way, I tell you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Jesus is saying, hey, listen. He, he found his way to the Father. 
He was once in the presence of the Father. He did his own thing. He found his way back into the presence of the Father. And there was rejoicing over that. And just like when one sinner repents, there's a celebration, there's a party in heaven that happens because there's a new son or daughter joining the celebration one day in, in forever, in eternity, because that's where pleasures are forever. It's with the Father. It's with the Father. One day Jesus was telling his disciples, hey guys, I'm going to go prepare a place for you, that where I am you can be with me also. And Jesus says, tells him, he says, um, you know, you know, just <laughs> as in John uh, 14, 4, and you know the way where I'm going. And Thomas, as it says in verse 5, it says, and Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How do we know the way? Like he was just honest. He's like, how do we know the way? We don't know where you're going. How do we know the way? And Jesus said, listen, you've been with me. Like I, you've been with me. You don't know the way by now? Let me, just, let me just tell you the way that you can get to the Father. Let me just tell you how you can know that there is, there is a, why there's good news, why there's great joy, why there's pleasures forever, why to get on the, on the, on the right path, why get on the good path, why try to find that, that ancient path that, that leads to, to peace and to joy and to freedom and to forgiveness. Why? Jesus said this. He tells them this in verse 6. Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus said, hey, you know what this is about? You know why I was born? You know why I came? I came so that you can be in the presence of God. But I also want you to know that you can always be and forever be in the presence of God. But the only way you can be in the presence of God forever is it's through me. It's through me. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. You see, the boy, he lost his way. And he had to find his way back. You see, the boy in Jesus' story, he finally had to come to his senses because he was something inside of him was lying to him. And so he needed to know the truth. And the boy, according to the father, said that he was dead. But now he's alive. And that's the reality for all of us in this moment, in this day. Is that the only way, the only way we get to the father is through Jesus. Because he's the way. It's not your way, it's not my way, it's not the, your will, it's his way. And he's the truth. And we live in a world that will lie to you and tell you that there is another path and there's another way and there's a better way. And you can live how you want to live and, do, and find your identity somewhere else. But there's truth in Jesus. And there's only life in Jesus. And he's the path of life. He, in his presence, is the fullness of joy. And it's in his right hand where the pleasures forever. He's the way. He's the truth. He's the life. It's how you get to be in the presence of the Father forever. 
the shepherds that night learned that truth. They made their way into the presence of their Savior. And it says that they left in verse 20 of Luke 2. And the shepherds went back, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen just as been told them. The shepherds go, he's, he's the way in the manger. And the only way we can get to eternal life, heaven, a place prepared for us, is through him. And they heard it, and they saw it, and they told everybody about it. Glorifying and praising God. Shouldn't we do the same? We hope you have a Merry Christmas, everybody. And we'll look forward to seeing you again on January 1st in person at 10.30 a.m. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, it's in your right hand where there's pleasures forever. It's on your path, only your path, that leads to life. And it's only in your presence where we have the fullness of joy. That's why on the night you were born, there was good news of great joy. Not just for some people, but for people like shepherds, for people like the Magi, for people like Mary and Joseph, for people like me, for people like all of us. Lord, we thank you for being a savior and for making a way that you came, you brought your presence, you among us, and that you made a way for us to be able to be in your presence forever and ever. And we're so grateful. And we glorify you and we praise you in everything we do. In Jesus' name.